on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagle's new political history podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. This is an exciting day for us. This is the Eagle's first podcast. Yeah. Uh, we've been growing into a lot of uh, media areas with some digital content, and now we're tackling podcast. That's a pun that will become apparent here in a second when we actually get into <laughs> our conversation. Uh, and Drew and I also love podcast. So it's exciting for us because now we're actually on one. We do. Uh, we're, we're both podcast dorks and uh, both political dorks and we're kind of combining them. So This is you know, amazing. This yeah. is a good day. We will enjoy it even if none of you do. Yep. So let's tell the good listeners a okay. little bit about ourselves. You want to go first? Uh, ladies first. I'll okay. go after you. Ladies first. All right. Well, I have been at the paper since 2007. I've held too many titles to name, really, but I'm currently our features editor, editor of our magazine, now adding podcast host to the mm-hmm. resume, which is exciting. I do a weekly column where I look back in this week uh, in history at the Daily Mountain Eagle, which a lot of people like, and I certainly enjoy doing. And yeah, so that's me. You make me uh, feel like my resume is not up to snuff, actually. That was a lot of well, good Well, that's not a points. great one. It's just a it, long one. It was a lot of good bullet points. Um, so I'm, I'm currently serving as mayor of Cordova. I'm in my seventh of eight years. Um, I was elected first in 2012 and then again in 16. Uh, also, as far as actually paying the bills, my family and I run a small brewery together, uh, which has nothing to do with the podcast. But, uh, you know, i got to pay my bills, so... And full disclosure at this point, it. Drew and I should say that we are both from Cordova. We are from Cordova. Which is something yeah. that's going to become very helpful as we start racking up some podcast guests. Yeah, uh, little little do a lot of Walker Countyans know, uh, Cordova's uh, been quite a player in the political scene of Walker County, so that helps us with our relationships, who we know and who we can uh, bribe with dirty I'm secrets sure, or whatever uh, to get them on here. Six of the seven that we've talked to have some, some connection yeah. to Cordova at this point. Yeah. Uh, so... The podcast came about because, as we've already said, Drew and I uh, are both huge podcast fans. Mm -hmm. And also, I think we've decided that we're going to talk about politics anyway. And it may entertain people. It might. It might not. Or make them angry. But we're going to do it. something. So let's let's do a podcast about it. Uh, I'm I'm in. I'm all in. And usually we're going to have some guests on Mm -hmm. to talk about current events, their personal stories, kind of their their origin stories mm-hmm. in politics. Uh, and the through line, especially of this first season, is going to be how Walker County went from a blue county to yep. a red county without a whole lot of purple in between. It, it was a really uh, fast Band-Aid ripping off the skin kind of moment. And um, it, I, it's very intriguing to me, someone that's very interested in politics, and this is happening in your home and you don't see the people change. Uh, you don't even see the people that are serving change. Literally, mm-hmm. the letter just changes mm-hmm. next to their name. Uh, I think we have a lot of the same values and maxims that we did when I was born. Uh, but, uh, you know, we changed parties. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's been fun to watch. And uh, I, I hope we do a halfway decent job of kind of breaking down some of those moments. And we're going to be talking to people from both sides of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about uh, or talking to current Republicans who were former Democrats. We're going mm-hmm. to be talking to lifelong Republicans, and I think we're going to be talking to at least one or two lifelong Democrats. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're going to get everybody and get their take on it. Um, and just for some context, for those who may not remember, George W. Bush squeaked by with like 51, 52 percent. Yeah, the Gore first time we had elected mm-hmm. 
at the presidential level, the first time we'd supported a Republican president since Reagan's reelect in mm-hmm. 84. Mm-hmm. So he didn't overwhelmingly take the county. And then in 2016, President Trump uh, got, I believe, 82% of the vote. So from 2000 to 2016, that's that's the shift that we saw. And yeah. that's just a fascinating story. Uh, and it on is. the ground, talking to people who actually lived it, uh, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a lot of fun, too, to get their different takes on it. So today's topic, because we are usually going to have a guest, but mm-hmm. today, since this is the intro episode, we're, it's just us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about the intersection between politics and football. I'm okay with this. It's a, a timely topic, mm-hmm. so uh, well-placed. Because a lot of people, I think, well, let's be honest, there's winners, there's losers, there's storylines, there's teams, mm-hmm. there's colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a natural, it's a natural segue to to enjoy both. It is, and I think a lot of the emotion and vitriol that right. you <laughs> scream at your football screen, mm-hmm. you also s- scream on election mm-hmm. night. So yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think it taps into the same emotional part. But of one big who difference is how many people do you know who were like lifelong Alabama fans who became Auburn? Oh fans? yeah, see that's, that's that's a stark difference. You don't make that changeover. So um, that's interesting that your political. Uh, maybe not necessarily your political beliefs, but certainly your political identification yeah. is fluid to a certain extent. Yeah, and I mean, we all College change. College football loyalties, not so much. Yeah, and we all change a little bit over the years. You know, you mature, you learn things, you grow sometimes in the wrong direction, sometimes in the right mm-hmm. direction. But I think at, most of the time your your core values are the same for most mm-hmm. of your life. And it's 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 uh, it's intriguing to me to see how we can place our core values with a certain party but then later, those same core values, mm-hmm. we feel like we see in another party. Well, instead. because at the same time, people are changing. The parties are changing. This is true. This so is true. So the Republican Party of the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. Well, and go back to the first Republican elected in Abraham right. Lincoln. Um, that's that's not the same party so today. So a lot of times yeah. you're just trying to figure out which one your team is because the team keeps changing on right. it a little bit too. Right. So, But for... Current event reasons, we will be talking about this because, as I'm sure you know, former Auburn coach Tommy Tuberville is uh, in the race for the Senate seat currently held by Doug Jones. And and performing well, And he's winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm going to be honest with you, as a, 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 you know, self-proclaimed political nerd, you know, you're always watching these things. And when he joined the race, I was like, that's going to be tough Mm -hmm. because of football. Mm -hmm. Uh, Half the state doesn't like him. We Mm -hmm. remember, as Alabama fans, uh, we remember when he flipped the six finger up uh, Mm -hmm. where they beat Bama (laughs) six times in a row. God, that's awful. And uh, he's going to get some of those people to vote for him. Mm -hmm. He really will. He is running a really good campaign, Mm -hmm. and it's it's impressive. So in June... Uh, he was leading the field, which right now includes uh, some others, but mainly Bradley Byrne, Roy mm-hmm. Moore, mm-hmm. and John Merrill. Yeah. Uh, all people who have uh, name recognition yeah. to some extent. They have uh, they have political service, those kind of things. And, I've and met, he's I've, in front of all of them. I've met John Merrill out of that group, um, and he, he's, he's impressive when you meet him. Uh, he's a tall guy, uh, which commands a room mm-hmm. right off the bat. Uh, he served pretty honorably. Uh, didn't really tow party lines either. Uh, I recall um, within the last few years they had a 
election commission. They were trying to get voter data, mm-hmm. and he pushed back on his own party and mm-hmm. said, no, that's the people's data, not yours. So uh, he's he's served honorably. So it, it's at this point in the race, to me, uh, to see Tuberville kind of mm-hmm. atop the heat, that's got to be scary for these guys. These, so these how much of a lead does he have in June? He had an eight-point lead over Bradley Byrne and 16 points over Roy Moore, who was the yeah. in the race last time. So I don't know if you saw this, but just last month, there was an internal polling memo or mm-hmm. something that they leaked to a few news agencies and it got reported on that showed he now has a 16-point lead over Bradley Byrne and 18 points over Roy Moore. Well, and I think you saw the same thing. We talked about that 80-some-odd percent that President Trump garnered in Walker County. I really feel like, for Walker County voters, that was trying to reach outside of these political circles. Mm-hmm. They wanted somebody that wasn't a part of that. And I think I think Tupperville meets that criteria mm-hmm. quite well, because you're talking about names. Every other name there is a name we've heard over and over mm-hmm. again. And they're like, you know what? You guys aren't getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Well, let's grab a good football coach. And, and to your question of football loyalties, this poll was the first one that they actually asked people if they were Alabama fans or Auburn fans, and they mm-hmm. tracked those numbers. So among Alabama fans, uh, 33%, he was the top choice of 33% of the Alabama fans. <laughs> That's kind Alab- Or Auburn fans, 43%. Yeah. They they have to, his campaign has to like have like a a, a low key party when they see a number like that mm-hmm. you know they're really excited to see that they've already overcome that hurdle at mm-hmm. this point so yeah good for him it kind of uh, reminds me not to my knowledge that he would ever run for politics but um, when Bo Jackson was in the state for uh-huh. the Bo Bikes Bama uh-huh. ride the first time and uh, somebody uh, along the sidelines as the as the bike race was going on yelled, roll, bow, row. <laughs> and he said he nearly fell off his bike. That's hilarious. But there's just that, um, you know, if the cause is good enough, people, it is. people it is. will support. And, you know, being Cordova the people, enemy. we saw his kindness in Cordova, yeah. and we saw what it meant. And uh, But I'll tell you, too, going to the other side of the fence, the Alabama football fan side of the fence, I've always liked Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's an impressive athlete. He's an Alabamian that we can all be proud of and how he's portrayed himself. And uh, I'm a Bo fan. I'd vote mm-hmm. for Bo. Yep. I'd vote for Bo. Yep. So uh, this was just some fun stuff uh, that I found. I think this was an AL.com article. Um, so apparently, as Tommy Tupperville is, is going around the state, sometimes he doesn't quite make it to the hotels in between events and yeah, things like that. Yeah, I've been some Did truck stop showers. Yeah. Some truck stops. <laughs> He just pulls over, and can you imagine you you wake up and and you're going to you know go through your morning routine at the truck stop, and you look over, and you think, is that Tommy Tupperville? Right. Yeah. Um, How does that make you feel like as a voter? Like he's shaving at the sink at the uh-huh. Flying J. Oh, uh, and he was apparently asked if uh, if he'd ever been recognized in these situations, and his comment was. I don't care if you've been out of it for 30 years, meaning yeah, yeah. Co- coaching in the state of Alabama, people are going to recognize you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, to his so grave, he doesn't get to yeah. go incognito. Not at all. In but that's a stops. very humanizing moment. And, you know, that campaigns are constantly trying to fake those kind of moments mm-hmm. to connect with the voter. You can't fake shaving in the sink at the we Flying We can kind of believe that Tommy's sleeping <laughs> in the real. truck stops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And also, he had a comment in there that I had not thought about before, but in just comparing campaigning and being a football coach, he said in a lot of ways it's the same thing because you've got to sell yourself. It's no yeah. different than college Absolutely. recruiting. Absolutely. It, it's, it's the, so the recruiting on this side. instead of sitting down with side, that high school kid, he's sitting down with voters yeah. and saying, this is what I can do for you. And there's those two components, just like football. Uh, this is the recruiting phase. And then, you know, if he, get, if he lands the recruit, gets elected, uh, then there becomes the leadership of a program phase, which you're leading these people all day mm-hmm. and coming up with the game plan. And, yeah, there's a lot of parallels to football. Yeah, certainly. So that's fun, Toby Tupperville, running for Senate I'm, and doing well. I'm that's one so of those intrigued. Alabama political stories that you can't make up. I'm so intrigued by his candidacy. When he first announced, I was like, oh, here we go. I thought he'd be like a 1% polar and then flame out. Dude, he's doing, doing it. Doing quite well. <laughs> he really is. And actually, since you link to an article, I think about this also. Much as Trump and the free media and that uh-huh. conversation that happened, he has sports radio people like yeah. who normally would not be listening to political Absolutely. shows or podcasts. They're going to ask Tommy Tupperville to come on yeah. and do his his stump speech. Well, and think think about that. Not only like when he's coming on and doing the stump speech, but. Um, guys that listen to a lot of sports radio, they're hearing the Tommy Tuberville narrative mm-hmm. now. They're not listening to politics at all, mm-hmm. but they're hearing it. A campaign can't pay for that mm-hmm. that kind of publicity because they're talking about it all across the state. Uh, it, it's that's that's big for him. That's like just free campaign mm-hmm. advertising. I mean, when it, you it really think about is. it, you know, your first reaction, like you said, is just kind of, well, that's going to be fun, but it's not going to mean it. Right. But when you really and dig down into it, you're like, this is, this is he's performing. really smart. Yeah, he's this performing. Is this yeah. is great stuff. Well, I think what you've got um, is is in the race with him is uh, probably just a bunch of guys we're tired of hearing mm-hmm. their names uh, yes. as a state right now. The Roy Moore uh, favorabilities. So name recognition obviously is yeah. is huge on both, but favorabilities are uh, a sticking point for Roy Moore it's, that are not. For he's Tommy not in Tupperville. good shape there. When yeah. you when you hear the Tupperville well, name, well, you look you at, have a lot more positive. Well, feelings. you look at the just the tribalism of you know I'm I'm gonna vote for the Republican or I'm gonna vote for the Democrat. Uh, re- Republicans remember what happened in a special mm-hmm. election a few years ago, and they mm-hmm. remember who lost. No matter what your feelings are about that man, you got to think about at that point, how do I protect my team? Right. And uh, he's probably not it. And so they're looking in those other I directions. I saw a headline that called Tupperville Roy Moore without the sex scandals. Because, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure in a lot of his issues I and stuff like that, they that. would they would line up on some things. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's... That's uh, funny. So even, even in the race, he's getting compared to Roy Moore. Also, I think a lot of people are having fun with the fact that if it ends up being um, Tupperville, mm-hmm. it's kind of an iron bowl uh, situation yeah. because of Doug Jones. Yeah. Being well, and I think something that would be fair for us to say at this point, from a national polling perspective, this is the most expected Senate seat to flip mm-hmm. from a Democrat to a Republican. We're a deep red state currently, and we have a Democrat mm-hmm. in office. So uh, I think this one is the most likely to flip from Democrat to Republican, and then the Colorado seat's the most likely to flip the other way, from mm-hmm. a Republican to a Democrat. So um, it, it's kind of like the Republicans to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and that may be part of why you're seeing so much momentum for Tubbleville early. I think they see a strong candidate. They can really do well statewide, mm-hmm. and they're getting behind that momentum yep. and pushing it now so they don't run into the situation they ran into previously.
So we had had the question previously if Tupperville, if elected, would be the first college coach, football coach, to serve in Congress. Uh-huh. We weren't sure on that question. Yeah. Did a little Google search. Google's fantastic. <laughs> and found out. That so Tom Osborne, this is not a name I'm familiar with, but you're probably a, a bigger, I'm, I'm way bigger football fan. So he uh, won three national championships with Nebraska uh-huh. in the 90s. Uh, and then right after that, he served three terms in Congress uh, in, in the 2000s. I don't know that I knew he was a congressman. I remember Nebraska being really good at football when I was a kid. As a matter of fact, their coach now, Scott Frost, played mm-hmm. for them then. Uh, I remember them being great. Uh, I didn't remember him going into politics. So it was it was almost right after. So he retired, and then he became athletic director, and he did even things yeah. after he got yeah. out of Congress. But in between, there was a political stance. So he did three congressional terms. And three those terms. Are, those are two year terms, in right, mm-hmm. for them. So yep. So constantly he campaigning from, to be reelected. So he would be maybe the first SEC coach. You think that'd be fair to serve in Congress? Do you think yeah, that'd be that a I thing? would know. Uh, we could do some deeper dives on that, mm-hmm. but I haven't. I haven't known a lot of them to uh, get into politics. I think the question is out there after he's sworn in. Uh, we'll keep it a family podcast, but after he's sworn in, if he ends with uh, War Dang Eagle, yeah, when he's if yeah. he's sworn in, I don't think he can because it's going to take a lot of crimson votes to get him there. He he should tread lightly. He can't turn because off the voters uh, in the unfortunate landscape of current American politics. Uh, the day after you swear in, you're campaigning for the next reelection. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter when it is. You're raising money. You're you're catering to donors mm-hmm. and you're watching what which you is say the part that he's been very vocal that he has enjoyed the least he apparently yeah. didn't understand like the fundraising part yeah. like why it was necessary that's and rough. what the funds went for that's rough and he said basically you're just raising money to to pay for a tax on the other person and just some of the things that go yeah. along with politics and you have to raise a lot of it obviously so uh you he, do. that's been his least favorite part so far well and that might money. be the most broken part of American mm-hmm. politics because you're letting money kind of shape the narrative. But um, I imagine that's rough on him. Hopefully he would be a guy, because he's from the outside, that would have such a distaste for that. Maybe he tries a different method mm-hmm. after he gets there. So we'll, like truck stops. We'll see. We've got to get him on now. We've talked about him enough. Like we got to reach out to the <laughs> Free media, campaign. sir. <laughs> and then uh, after we get him on, uh, we can pressure Doug Jones into it, and uh-huh. uh, we, we can really get, we can uh, make this thing Senator real. Senator Jones is going to be in town later in the month. What's so, that for? I'm not sure what it's I for. I saw that. But I, know I, he's, I know he's going to be in town. So I, I got to meet him at, uh, he was here for at Capstone Rural Health in mm-hmm. Paris. They were, they were talking about kind of rural health care and expansion of Medicaid and Medicare mm-hmm. and things like that, and I got to meet him there. Um, was quite impressive, mm-hmm. man. He really just sat in a room. He took his coat off, and he had a conversation with everybody uh-huh. in the room. 90% of the room didn't vote for him. Yeah. He didn't care. He yeah. was just having a conversation. I was really impressed with him that mm-hmm. day. I'm going to be honest. So here's my Doug Jones story. We went to the uh, Rickwood Classic two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and that's local celebrities come. So uh, uh, the Birmingham mayor was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm for, uh, Eli was Gold this? was there. This was two years ago. Okay, so this so he had been, just been he had just been elected. This was... Doug he had just been, had just been elected. Doug Jones had just been elected. So we went to the uh, we went to the Rickwood Classic, and um, I think we were. I was maybe going to get Wyatt, uh, you know, some a hot dog or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I walk down the stairs and turn around, and there's this guy standing there, and I do a double take, and the words almost came out of my mouth. You're Doug Jones, <laughs> uh, and it was it was Doug Jones. 
Uh, He's like, yeah. And then the next time I saw him, so they have the Negro League players Mm -hmm. there. And so we were sitting across the field. But the next time I saw him from across the way, he was shaking hands and taking photos with the Negro League players. But, yes, right after he was elected, he... uh, he made an appearance at the Rick Ward Well, this would have been not too long after they opened the museum in Birmingham, which mm-hmm. I haven't been to yet. Have you ever I have yet? not either. I'm really disappointed. I want to, though. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in me. I'm very disappointed in, in you and your family because mm-hmm. I feel like you are like a tick above me on the baseball fandom. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you should have done it by now and told yeah, me Yeah, here's it. how a tick above. This is not related to politics. We're getting off course here. But the library has actually... Um, asked to host uh, an exhibit. You know, they have collections and, and stuff. <laughs> and you're providing of Zach's, all the... <laughs> uh, baseball stuff because we have been to every minor league stadium except Mobile. Wow. Even the ones that don't exist anymore, like yeah. in Huntsville. Yeah. Um, and that was in Alabama? Mm-hmm. All of them. We've been to, to uh, the Hoover Met. We mm-hmm. have photos. See, Zach has photos when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Suffice it to say, I have a lot of baseball stuff. Yeah. More so than the normal person should have. Okay, I'm going to... And gonna, uh, it's going to be at the library in the spring. I need to update spring, so. the tick above to like seven or eight ticks above. Yeah. I like some baseball, but nobody's mm-hmm. calling to ask for no. the foul ball I caught off of Mike Napoli's bat. Well, did you Cause that's pretty much get my married at a baseball field? Because no, you, and y'all walk the bases, I remember didn't, that. I win. Yeah. All right. So, you won. Um, baseball crown is yours. I win that Go back one. to football. I can Our talk, probably talk about that Our next podcast is baseball. Uh, so, I thought we'd do a little trivia to, okay. to wrap this episode up. Some I'm presidential good. trivia. I don't know, are you a presidential trivia person? Uh, of my lifetime, I would do pretty well historically. I'm, really? I'm, okay. I'm going to be rough. But hit me with it because I don't mind See, like losing. I'm okay with that. Presidential history is my jam, man. I love it. So it's good that you're asking this first one's a gimme because we've, we've discussed this one previously. Well, you say that and then I'm going to miss it and no, that's just going to be embarrassing. So which coach... From this great state was once nominated for president. We've oh, that had to be Bear this. Bryant. Yeah, Bear Bryant. yeah. I will tell you though, even if we hadn't previously talked about you that, that, that would have been guess one, two, three, four, and five, and then I might have guessed yeah. another name. So, just context for the listeners: uh, he was one of nine men nominated for president at that uh, tumultuous 1968 Democratic National Convention. Protesters, police, those kind of things. Uh, George was, Wallace was there, right? George Wallace. He was not physically present. Okay. Uh, his, name his name was fluttering in His the name was on the yeah. ballot, um, uh, was nominated. And uh, so Coach Bryant received one and a half votes. And uh, I pulled this from the Daily Mountain Eagle about a year ago. His comment to the reporters was the other half of that vote must have been an Auburn man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so just to be clear, he was he did not uh, seek nor did he accept uh, right. the nomination yeah, for president. He was but, more interested in winning football games. But there it was, and he was quite amused. All right. All right, what else you now got? Now, here, here are the toughies. If you thought about this one, you might get it. All right. So, uh, and a lot of these would be their college careers. I kind of, so in college, what okay. their sports were. Okay. So, which president was a heavyweight wrestling champion in his college career? Do I get multiple choice, or do I just have to go after this? Um, I will tell you that all of the answers are 20th and 21st century. I didn't really okay. go back... Any further than that. Heavyweight so, wrestler in heavy, college. Heavyweight wrestling champion in college. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's rough. I'm trying to See, think of, like, the big if dudes. You, if you knew your presidents. Can, can I go with Ike? He was a big guy. I'm going to go with him. Not in comparison to this one. William Howard Taft. 
See, I don't know how big he was. He yeah, was quite I, large. There's, I'm not up on my Taft knowledge. He had a cool mustache, yeah, I think. He had a cool mustache. Um, there was like a, a bathtub, there, like a huge, a special huge bathtub that had been made for him. He was quite large. I, really? I won't guess as to, and it was a constant struggle for him over his life, but he is by far... Uh, he would be our, our largest president. I don't think president. I knew how large he was. He, If you look, he's quite large. So there was actually, you did like two layers in one question, and I don't even mm-hmm. know if you meant to do it. Obviously, I didn't know he was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was really big, so I learned mm-hmm. two things about Taft today. Yeah, And I'll I think, going back to our baseball thing, again, that would be more on this, but I want to say he's the first person to ever throw out um, a first pitch, first pitch at, at a baseball game. I want to say that's also Taft. Um, this was a fun one. Oh, no. So, how many presidents have been cheerleaders in college? I know that uh, George W. Bush was. George W. Bush yeah, was. I knew he that was one because I remember He was a head cheerleader, apparently. I wrote down it was head cheerleader at Phillips Academy, which was his, his prep school, but also at Yale. I found it to be funny because he wasn't like the big, bulky, ripped male uh-huh. cheerleader that you see now mm-hmm. that like throws people in the air. Mm-hmm. So... He was like literally a cheerleader, mm-hmm. and I was like, I just I have a hard time seeing it really. Like until you saw the picture of mm-hmm. him in the, like, dude, he cheered at Yale too, right? He did. So you see like the Yale sweater. Well, and here's a gimme. So he's actually a third generation. So granddaddy, uh, H. W. Bush and W. Bush all were cheerleaders. Were they really? Yeah. Were there any other presidents other than the two Bushes? Uh, yes, there are two others. One is kind of on the borderline because I wasn't able to fact check that one as well enough, but there are two definitely, two other than there were than the Bush father and I'm son. I'm having a real hard time guessing this. So to make it uh, funny, I'm going to go with Trump uh, because I can't picture <laughs> I him I don't cheering. think he was. I haven't uh, found evidence that he but was. But I want to say that because as people are listening to this, I want them to picture that man in like a... And the SNL skit that would inevitably follow. In a cheerleading outfit, uh, because that's fun. Um, Let's go with, uh, trying to think of a, maybe like a smaller guy. What about a... Neither one of these guys are small, actually. No? No. Dang it. No, they're not. I'm going to go with um, Kennedy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he was like a well-to-do family as well, Mm -hmm. because that's what the Bushes were. I mean, they've Mm -hmm. had generations of wealth he was too uh so kennedy's one of my guesses i feel like it's wrong or you would have been more excited when i said it um and this is a 20th century president oh, 20th or 21st century well, i'm not gonna guess obama i, I don't yeah because that's all you got obama's just basketball um, i think yeah yeah uh goodness i just don't picture also, I'm going to go for the joke effect. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nixon was a cheerleader. Go. Not. So it's Reagan and FDR. I should have guessed Reagan, Reagan was a cheerleader. Actually, at, he, was, uh, he was a Hollywood guy. Eureka too. College, uh, which I believe is in Illinois. So he was really? a cheerleader there. And then who else? Reagan uh, who else? FDR. So he was a cheerleader at Harvard. What mm-hmm. did FDR not do, frankly? Mm-hmm. This guy. Yep, cheerleading. We can do a whole podcast on FDR if you want. Mm hmm. Okay, this one again would be a gimme other other under other circumstances. So, which president has won two national championships? We're talking about college football championships here, and had offers to play for the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers. A president did. A president did. And he won two national championships. And he won two national in championships football. in football. He was he was quite good at it and could have played in the NFL if that had been his desire. Really. Mm-hmm. 
I just pick. I, I think the the trouble for me is I'm picturing the old version of these guys, mm-hmm. and, and you can't picture them playing football. And in this case, that would definitely be true because uh, during his during his term, people definitely would not have uh, thought he was a great athlete. Well, but if he had the chance to play in the NFL, the, I mean, the NFL formed in the '60s, so mm-hmm. you know he couldn't have been too much older than that. Oh. He won two national championships. He won two. Na- he was on two national championships teams. Same, same team. Same. All school. right. So I'm gonna. Uh, I need a lifeline. Tell me where he went to college. Where did he win his national? Michigan. Michigan. Who's the Michigan man that was president? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in bad shape on this one. The we should have only... done this the other way around. No, no, I like it because it's better to miss it. Um, the only Michigan guy that I've ever cared for in my life is Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of them, I don't really. Uh, care for so it's Gerald so. Ford. Gerald Ford yeah. was yeah. excellent. I can see that again. I'm not the sport. What person, position so was he? I want to say he was a linebacker and halfback. So this is back. But this is not my. This forte, is back when linebackers so. and halfbacks were like mm-hmm. half the size that they are yeah. now. So he was. He was awesome. Uh, he could have. He could have gone on and played professionally if he had. What years? To. What years was he? Uh, do you have that? Um, I'm curious. Because Michigan's, I mean, obviously they're a powerhouse. Yeah. They've been good for a long time. I don't time. remember, but obviously he he served in Congress before he yeah. was. Uh, he had to take over for Nixon. Jerry so I mean, Ford. you're looking at it, the fifties or like early sixties, possibly. Gerald Ford, look at this um, guy. Also, this is a fun fact you may like. Um, sometimes I think, particularly at state events, he would prefer that they play the Michigan fight song to "Hail to the Chief." <laughs> And at his funeral, which wasn't that too long ago, a couple couple years ago, um, they actually played it for the last time, I think, as he... Um, Is he 19, that old? 32, 1933. 32 and okay. 33. That's our, that's our off-mic producer that yeah. we're still trying to nickname. Yeah, I got to learn there. more about him before I can nickname him. I, uh, I was but yeah, super, super big. Wolverines, why am I getting They're that right? The Michigan, yeah. so super big yeah. into that. And actually would prefer the fight song um, in some occasions to Hell to the Chief. That's it was really funny. close to him. That's funny. Now, that is a, I, I want to uh, clean, clean this up a little bit. I would love to go watch a game in the big house in their mm-hmm. stadium. I would absolutely love it. I really wouldn't care who they were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan is fascinating. They love their football the way we love our football here. Uh, just in modern times, we're a heck of a lot better of them down here. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the whole state is. Alabama and Auburn both have had greater runs over the last decade than Michigan. Um, but they certainly have some history. They've won mm-hmm. some championships. Yep. Cool uniforms, too. Nice, classic, yes. historical <laughs> uniforms. Yeah. They really don't change them, except now they have Michael Jordan's logo on them, mm-hmm. which is an argument with my brother-in-law that's mm-hmm. a basketball player on a yeah. football uniform. But that's usually what I'm paying attention to. I don't, I don't get that much into the other sports other than baseball. But generally, yeah. I can identify them by uh, by uniform well, color. Yeah, uniforms matter. They're a recruitment tool. Because mm-hmm. um, I can actually do um, the bowl picks thing. Yeah, and so I base I on if hunts. I like the state or not. <laughs> So like, on, so like 47 states are out instantly. Mm-hmm. There's so like yeah, three so states. So yeah, so there's some that I'll just never, I'll never. So <laughs> I base, I choose on state, I choose on team color, and yeah. I choose on cool factors like um, Boise is the one that has the blue field, right? They do, Boise, yeah. I always pick Boise because of the blue field. obnoxiously blue field. So, and, yeah. fun fact, generally, because Zach has the knowledge and chooses based on that, I mm-hmm. choose based on those idiotic and factors. We've tied a yeah. couple of times. I've yeah. won once. I'm always yeah. within one or two. 
So just uh, just so you know. And silly me, I usually like pull up like the betting line and then kind of start there and work my way out. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that a uniform hasn't made a decision for me in the past, mm-hmm. though. Uh, and Boise's not a bad pick because now they're just good enough to make the ball game in Boise. Mm-hmm. So they get to play a ball game on their home field. So they're a pretty good pick because yeah. they're playing home games for, for ball games now. Okay. So yeah. back to presidents. Yep. Whose sport was rugby? Rugby. Oh, that'd be a tough guy. I'm going to go with Roosevelt. I'm going to go with Teddy because he's the toughest guy. Clinton. When I, Clinton was a rugby player. Clinton. I need to see, like, video evidence yeah. of this. I Clinton. do not picture William Jefferson Clinton really a sport. playing sports I didn't find that he, Yeah, I didn't find that he did any other sports. He's a huge fan, like the Razorbacks <laughs> fan, but he's not, he was not a... I believe he was on a rugby team. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time picturing him, like, getting playing time. Have you ever watched rugby? Mm-hmm. That is a nasty sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are running just full speed into one another, nonstop, no pads. Yeah. It, it, it's not the Clinton motif, is it? Nothing about... I would actually probably more picture Hillary playing rugby than <laughs> I feel like she's more of, like, the tough rugby player of the family. Yeah. and it's I'll in, be dadgum. As in all things, she would probably Bill be Bill Clinton much played rugby. Did yeah. he play just uh, growing up? He didn't play in college or anything. He did, did he? play in college. These were, these were college... I forget. He went... Oh, God. I wish I knew Clinton's bio better. Um... He, it was during college that he really? played. Yeah. Now, I didn't dive deep into if he was like a starter or if he was, you know, how many years he played. But, yes, when you look well, up all, just presidential sports kind of a thing, and, rugby is what And correct me if I'm wrong, just shooting from the hip here, uh, Bill, like when he, young Bill running for president, kind of a lanky dude, wasn't he? I mean, he he's, was. He's tall. It was before was, the McDonald's was, and before he was trim there and some then he, of the stuff. Obviously, he put on some weight over, and now yeah. he's like, Skeletor version of himself. He's mm-hmm. he's like real super skinny, mm-hmm. but that's he not wasn't. like a rugby player build either. Mm-hmm. You're usually looking for the, like the more stocky. Yep. Most of the time, well, shorter. that's why it's a question because when I found oh, Clinton and rugby in the same on the same web page, I thought that was fun. I have so speaking of playing so time, much. who was a bench warmer? So he wasn't good at all. He was basically yeah. a tackle dummy. He was a bench warmer, and maybe possibly called a game or po- called a play in a postseason game for the Redskins because he had a connection with the coach. This is this is a rumor that I'm not sure has this is been a, verified but this he, is a president. he was not a good he was not a good football player at all. And there's a whole podcast whose purpose is what if he had been a good football player? Would he have been but either a president? For the Redskins? No, no, no. He didn't play for the Redskins. Oh, okay. On his college team, he was oh, just a bench warmer. Okay. But he was president at the time that he allegedly called a play for the Redskins that didn't go so well. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. So he played football in high school, but he was or in college. In college, but he was, but he warmer, was not good play. at it. So like maybe his daddy got him a scholarship or something. Well, no, he was not there on a sports scholarship. He just played. He just really loved football. As as Here's what you'll find. Most presidents do really love sports yeah. and football because yeah, of the competitive a, nature. There's a parallel. So love some football. Unfortunately, was not good at it, but he was scrappy. He was, And it was rumored he got to call a play for the Redskins. Mm-hmm. He had connections, and he might have sort of called a play, and they might have sort of ran it and, I don't know, lost 50 yards going. on it or something. It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't a good play. It wasn't good. Uh, man. I picture Kennedy again for some reason, but I don't fly that right. Kennedy's I'm just trying, on my I'm brain trying to figure today. out if Kennedy's the answer to any of my questions. Well, see, Kennedy's on my brain. His uh, uh, 
Robert Kennedy's grandson announced he's running for Senate yes. yesterday. So like I've got like a Kennedy thing rolling in my head. Yep. Massachusetts have mm-hmm. another they have another Kennedy. Not Kennedy. Uh I'm just gonna Although he has a connection to Kennedy. It's oh. Nixon. See, I already guessed Nixon on one too. It's Nixon. Yep. Nixon was a a bench warming football player, I believe mm-hmm. that. A tackle dummy, I I believe was I used believe a couple that. of times. He was not good. And I certainly believe that he may or may not abuse his power to call a play. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But the thing about Nixon was, and again, tie in with with real life. No matter how many times they hit him, he just got back up. Like like I said, just scrappy. Like that's like he a- was just. And That's like when at all cost, his coach, you know, kind of instilled the the idea of win at all cost. So that's why that, that that's stuck. why the episode <laughs> the episode that I was referred to was what if Nixon had been good at football? But his oh, mentality that's... was exactly was exactly that: just get back up every single time they hit you and win at all cost. He he kept that win at all cost mm-hmm. uh, for for his political career as he well. Did. So. Who went to more college games than any other president while in office? Which uh, one gonna, do you think? I was I would go with Barack Obama there. He was a sports nut. No? Mm-mm. College football games? No. Oh, football. Yeah, We're football. still in football. Sorry, yeah, football. he's a big basketball nut. Yes. He did go to a lot of college basketball yes. games because I remember him. Mm-hmm. Like, and some into, of them only attended like one or two. He went on into like a Duke game wearing like a bomber jacket mm-hmm. and jeans, and it was like the biggest yeah. story ever that a president wore a mm-hmm. bomber jacket. Yep. Um, football, college football games while in office. And it was um, the same game every single time. That won't help you much, but it was. He went to seven of them. Which means he served two terms. Mm-hmm. What game did he go to? That might Army, me. Navy. Ah, oh, crap. That's not going to help. Mm-hmm. So it was a military guy. Mm, yes, but you don't really think about that as as. Oh, part he of was his going story. as commander in chief. He was going. Yeah. It was during his okay. time in office, yeah. Um... Man, I'm really bad at this. I have determined because now I've like guessed the wrong. You're person. learning cool things. Though, I know I'm learning, point. but now I'm at a point where I'm so far gone because I've guessed the wrong people so many times. So now, like, I've eliminated them. This from guy's my name has not bang. come up once, well, come up and at sadly, all. it doesn't come up as often as it probably should. Oh, that was that was a lot in what you just said, and mm-hmm. that makes me think he's not one more. we talk about a lot. Uh, he's certainly one of the more fascinating ones to learn about, though. Truman. Truman. <laughs> Truman. I he got went one. To, Stop here. From like 40, I'm going to stay with seven to, or maybe earlier, to like 51. He is a fascinating Like every turn, every year he was in office, he went, except 1951, maybe. That was the year he didn't. So there was one year oh, out of the, the entire time he was in office that he did not go well, to the Army Navy game. because he was like terrified game. of being president. So mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just going to go to a football game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I got yep. Truman. Now, you're going to love this one because I love this one. So, which president is indirectly responsible for the creation of the NCAA and the forward pass? These things happen kind of consecutively. I'll give you a little history on this one. So, football was so dangerous at the time. There had been like 20 deaths. Uh, that season from like football players, so it was extremely dangerous. And now we're just so this about guy calls some people at the White House and says, "I will outlaw it by executive order if you don't get your I've house in order." I've heard this story, and so I that's why I say don't indirectly. Remember, mm-hmm. 
But it's back in the day when they didn't wear helmets. Yeah. Like yeah, it was way it was a, early. A and it wasn't known as the NCAA at the time. It was called something else and it became the NCAA later. But it definitely it was formed because of so this I feel like incident. A, I feel like a strong guess just for the years would be F D R, but I don't feel like it was him. Earlier than um, that. You are close though. Mm-hmm. Stay with that last name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was uh, it was Teddy. Teddy. Really? See, yep. it was that was the trap I was in. I already guessed like Teddy. Nineteen oh five or something. I didn't think it would have been generally. that early. I was thinking yeah. it would have been later. Yeah, there had been and like said, eighteen I'm just deaths. Get rid of football. You guys there had been eighteen deaths or something. It was an outrageous number that well, had happened Teddy. in that season. And Teddy said, well, "Teddy, big outdoorsman, that guy. This isn't going to happen." Yes. Yeah. There's a good story about how they actually got funding for Mount Rushmore. Uh-huh. You ever heard that? Teddy's out there? I'm sure I have. They were lobbying. I've heard him. so many. They were lobbying. He's a big outdoorsman, mm-hmm. so obviously that's a good area of the country. Uh, he was out there fishing, and um, they would stock the pond every night. So he would you know, go back right. to his hotel or whatever. So they would restock the do. pond. Yeah. He would come back and fish. Dude stayed out there for like a month fishing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they ended up getting, that's how they like wined and dined him. Yeah. Uh, you know, you didn't take him to a, a fancy steakhouse. Yeah. You just put a bunch of fish in a pond he could catch, and uh, that's how they got funding for for Mount Rushmore. I took a cl- I took two classes the same semester. Actually, one was supposed to take us from 1900 to 45. One was supposed to be from 45 to the present. So from 1900 to 45, that guy spent like a month and a half on Teddy Roosevelt. It was because <laughs> he loved him, and that's how was I learned Teddy, most of what I know. Was Teddy the bull moose guy? Bull Moose. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a great book by Doris Kearns Goodwin that talks about his relationship to Taft because he essentially um, Taft, who was a heavyweight wrestler, Taft, who was his vice president and who yeah. he tapped to be um, the next president. So he came. Yeah. He took over after Roosevelt, but he didn't like a lot of things that Taft did, and so he formed that third party against yeah. his own best friend. And yeah. of course, there was dog eat dog falling out. Yeah. Um, and Taft also didn't really want to be president. He wanted to be chief justice, which he, I believe, eventually became. I know he became a justice. I can't remember if he became chief justice. Huh. But he wanted to be on the court. He didn't actually want to be president he wanted that at all. Lifetime paycheck. Well, he was a judge. He was his mind naturally yeah, went that way. That's what he wanted to do. It's just what his ambition that. was. And unfortunately, he got into the White House and wasn't that happy with it. <laughs> so this is a quote. This guy's name has come up before. Politics is an an astounding profession. It has enabled me to go from being an obscure member of the junior varsity at Harvard to being an honorary member of the Football Hall of Fame. (laughs) So he, like, wasn't good at football. So he wasn't good at football. Wasn't good at football. Although, this will will help you out here. When you think of him, you think of him with a football in his hand. But it's it's not because he was good at it or enjoyed it in college or anything. I think of this guy with a football in his hand. You do. You should. A president with a football in his hand? A lot, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Because he's he's energetic, he's he's throwing it around with his brothers. Oh, there's just so much there. And I've uh-huh. said this guy's name already. You said his name I already. I said Kennedy already. That's him. Harvard, Massachusetts Kennedy. man. He was not good at it. He didn't enjoy it so much. Well, Apparently, he, he was a very good golfer. He had golfer. a ton of health issues, too. He had like health back issues. issues and stuff. But when you think of him, you think of the brothers playing, uh, yeah. you know, out at, um, you know, the compound what or whatever. But he wasn't he wasn't good at it. All right, so we're getting down to the end here, but these some of these are my favorite, these last two. So the first president to appear in person for a Super Bowl coin toss. Who do you think that would be? And it's also more recent than you would have thought. It's more recent than I would have mm-hmm. thought. And he wasn't president at the time he did it. 
So I tried to double check that a lot, and I kept getting up with the same answer. He wasn't president at the All time. Right, so it was more modern than he I thought. He was the first president to appear in person for a Super Bowl coin toss. But at least one person had done it via like satellite, but he was on the field for it. But he wasn't president yet, which means he, he was important No, no, he enough. had already been president. He'd already he was been president. A previous president. And if I'm remembering correctly, um, your Patriots were in the game. Whoa. Okay. So is this uh was this the '96 Super Bowl then? Mm-mm. That it was well, '97. After that. Oh, so we're, really? Yep. It was that recent. Yep. That, that recent. So we're going up to. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you want to count Past them? Past 2000. You want to count them in this decade? I know. Ooh. You're about to get obnoxious, aren't Goodness. you? Goodness. Um. So he was a previous president. Showed He'd up already been president. I'm going to go with H.W. Bush. You are correct. Yeah. And it was Super Bowl 37, if I did my Roman numerals correctly, the 2002 yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. He was. Oh, so that was post 9-11. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the first one that got moved into February. Mm-hmm. Patriots were underdog in that game. Yep. Beat the Rams. And he was the first to appear in person. Reagan had done it by satellite back in the 80s. I think, but he had no oh, president had actually been on the field, up. and then it became kind of his thing. Like he did yeah. a lot of them up until the year that he had been so sick and had been in the hospital, uh-huh. and then he came out. He and Barbara did. I'm it. actually quite surprised that W wasn't that. It wasn't. Didn't do that. One. I thought so too. Because remember that was, was that was a big part of his leadership at that. He point. He had done was, the baseball thing though. He had yeah, done, he, he kind of stuck the, to the baseball games. The he, let, he let pops go to the the Super Bowl. So this is the last one. That was in New Orleans also, by the way. It was. Yeah, in the Superdome. It was. Yep. Zach made me look that up. That's in the memory bank. This is my favorite. (laughs) And I'm now confident that you won't have remembered this because I didn't remember this, but it's amazing. So who once lost consciousness (laughs) after choking on a pretzel while watching football on TV? I wrote down that it was a playoff I've heard this story. That was Mm -hmm. W. Mm -hmm. It was that w. was George W. Bush. <laughs> in 2002. They covered that in, what? um, what's the movie? Does Josh Brolin play him? In the movie. In the movie. It's just called W or something? They cover that scene. Yeah. I watched that on HBO like a couple months back. That's great. They cover that scene. He's like in his den in Texas. He's in his den. Laura's, Laura's he in the room. He throws a pretzel room. and like he starts going around the room like And to hear him tell it, on. he woke up, well, he lost consciousness. He fell off the sofa. <laughs> He, there's a photo of him, like he's got bruises and stuff on his face, like his gra- his uh, glasses scratched. It was him. a Texas game. And to I hear think, of all to games. hear him tell it, so he woke up on the floor, and those cute dogs they had, I yeah. think one of them was named Barney, yeah, were like standing over him, looking at him with like great concern. So Laura's nowhere to be found. The dogs are looking at him, and uh, President George W. Bush. Can you imagine a in different two thousand two a different ending to that story? Pretzel the, the almost s- took him out. The serving, the acting president of the United mm-hmm. States dies by pretzel in his death. And apparently, as he always did, had a great sense of humor about it. And he must have taken a trip right after that or something. And the yeah. reporters were giving him a hard time. So they passed out bags of pretzels <laughs> to the plane. And it had a note that said, from POTUS, which means president of the United States. Right. From POTUS, uh, chew slowly. <laughs> that was his... That was, uh, that was one of my favorite things about George W. Bush was that... He can make fun of himself. He was a thick-skinned man, because I'm going to tell you, uh, I hate to even bring up Saturday Night Live, given its current <laughs> reputation, mm-hmm. but Will Farrell's version of George W. Bush was fantastic, mm-hmm. and George W. Bush loved it, from mm-hmm. what I understand. Yes. So, uh, well, yeah, and that was a family thing, too, because H.W., I think, actually brought Dana Carvey. He did. If I remember, after he had lost. Yeah. So he brought Dana Carvey to the White House to kind of 
lift the spirits of the staff who were so disappointed. He they thought this will be fun to have Dana They Carvey did a come. scene, H.W. did a scene with, so Dana Carvey was playing H.W. Mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live, and then H.W. was there. They actually uh, did a bit playing mm-hmm. off each other. Yeah. Yep. Used to be fun. Yeah. We can't have nice things Sense anymore. Sense of humors. I yeah. know. I know. Okay. Well, this was a lot of fun. It I was. Enjoyed doing, I'm excited. This I enjoyed a good doing start. this. Hopefully, people learned some some fun facts about football. This is a good start. We'll have guests from now on, so we'll we won't guests. rant and rave so long. Uh, um, Mr. Tupperville, if you want to come on, we're open to that. We'll reach out to him. We'll do some. We'll do some presidential I football mean, history with you. How can this man stump for Senate and not roll up into Walker County? He's got to. Yeah. He's got to. You know what? Is he? Who's the uh, the East Walker Chambers having a, a, a dinner soon? And one of the candidates is their speaker, and it might be Tubbable. It's him. You're right. He's Y'all, coming to Walker County. Go into our orbit, and we're going to get you. Go ahead and say now. I consider it a great failure if while he's in Walker County, actually, we, can't we should pin give people down. a little preview of, of some of the people that yeah. we decided we haven't done that. Yeah, we're yet. talking about our dreams here. So our big yet. I just told his wife he was our big he yet. Is who's our big? Yet. Yet. Who's he? Uh, who's going to make us legit a in man, the podcast? A man that was raised up legend. in Cordova, Alabama, for mm-hmm. the record, uh, the Senate Majority Leader in the state of Alabama. Best head of hair, Mr. Gregory. In politics, everything's always in place, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk to him about that a little bit. We're going to get as some, a as some a more as like a more frumpy millennial politician that doesn't really shave that good. Mm-hmm. My hair is always weird, and my my clothes are never pressed. Some tips. Uh, this guy gets it, man. Mm-hmm. His his clothes are always perfect. The hair's always perfect. Yep. What he says is always perfect. This, mm-hmm. He just he gets it. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna do a crash course for the emerging politicians. Yeah, not so much for me. I think I'm like a flaming out young politician, <laughs> but for Been for there, the ones that. that are interested. Uh, let, yeah, he can get some pointers. Uh, We've got him. Uh, let's go to the other side of the aisle. Uh, uh, King Ewan has King agreed to come Ewan, on. King that's, that's a good one. I think he has. He lived it. He single-handedly kept the Daddy Mountain Eagle in business for a little while because you guys put him in a lot of, well, he put he himself in a lot of newsworthy moments. Say, we didn't, moments. But didn't do uh, some of that. for our particular purposes, this is a man that uh, was, I think he was the majority whip, I think was his. No, he was leader, was he not? Was he leader? I think well, We'll get later. official titles from him. Yeah, he was For the later. Democrats, who yeah. controlled the Alabama House for 130-some-odd mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And then his election that he lost was the big swing for Republicans in the states when mm-hmm. they kind of got the stranglehold on state politics. And then Walker County politics was kind of a falling domino at that point. Mm-hmm. So his version of those events will be uh, really nice. We'll try to keep him off other topics that mm-hmm. are more volatile and keep him on that mm-hmm. one. Uh, but he'll be, a, he'll be a really good guest. Mm-hmm. Who else and, we got? Um, so back to that Cordova connection. Yeah. Both of those are Cordova. Well, we got to give the Cordova connection. So Ken served as the city of Cordova's attorney for he 20 did. some odd years. That's true. Long time. Mm-hmm. Greg Reed is proudly from Cordova. Mm-hmm. And then this man is, uh, we might as well call him an adopted son of Cordova. He, he definitely is. owes his election to us and, and anything else is a lie. Um <laughs> Uh, Sheriff Nick Smith, <laughs> yeah, who who came to our city as a, uh, I mean he had potential. Let's be honest, he, he had did. some things going for him, but I don't know, would he be sheriff today if he hadn't come to Cordova? I don't think I, so. I don't know. We certainly uh, we we raised him up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, and and jokes aside, 
he served Cordova quite honorably. Mm-hmm. It was it was really fun to serve alongside him. Um, but one of the fun things for all of you is I think Jennifer and I are the two people on the planet that can speak to Nick Smith the way we're going to speak to him in this room. And I'm not going to say it. speak truth to power because <laughs> I don't like using power uh, and his name too close together. But yeah. we definitely will speak some truth. We're going to speak some truth with Nick. And and uh, both of us respect Nick. Uh, I think he's he's doing a fantastic job. And I think we make fun. Of him incessantly, we do. Uh, somebody has to he always bring him down easy. to earth, right? He can't be getting compliments all the time about how good easy. he's doing or how yeah. good his selfies have been looking. He's been hitting the gym a lot now as sheriff. Uh, the he schedule's a little more flexible. Shirtless selfies. So you're getting and... the the sleeveless Instagram uh, yeah. selfie. And we're the people who tell him no. I actually I made a comment about one of those to him um, two weeks ago. And I, uh, actually, my wife had said something about it when she saw it. And I said, yeah, it probably took him like seven times to get the shot. Yeah. And I saw him like the next day. And, and in our relationship's true fashion, I'm going to talk about him to his face, mm-hmm. too. No, oh, uh, what's yeah, the fun of yeah, not, not doing it back. to his face? So no. I mentioned that to him. And then he, I believe he held up a number one and said it only took one shot. Mm-hmm. He got the he got the, the muscle, the bicep flexed up mm-hmm. perfect. One shot. Yeah. The guy's good at social media. Well, and that's one thing that we're going to talk about because you yourself uh, ran against an incumbent, ran a very new campaign for this county. He ran against an incumbent, a Mm -hmm. very different campaign at the county level Mm -hmm. um, involving a lot of social media and the question of, can you actually be elected that way? Will people come out? Yeah, and and it I say he actually ran your campaign at the county level. He did. And, um, and it was funny. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, talking about the money in Tuberville. Uh, that was actually the internal conversations Nick and I had. Uh, he was doing both. Mm-hmm. He did the kind of the Drew Young campaign. Mm-hmm. Look people in the eyes and tell them what you really believe. It works um, on this level. It can work and because you can get in Facebook front of them. Post about it. And I personally believe Nick Smith got elected sheriff because he went and knocked on doors and he looked mm-hmm. people in the eyes and he gave them a genuine message of what he thought he could do for the county. But then also he was mailing bullcrap to you flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was putting signs freaking everywhere yeah. and raising money traditionally. Nine like a, tenths of which had his face on them. <laughs> of course they did. But like a traditional campaign, he mm-hmm. had that side going too. And I told him, I said, I feel like you're going to win this election because of what you're doing, knocking on people's mm-hmm. doors and telling them a real message. And then they can look at your track record and see that you've done what you're talking about. I don't think you need to raise all this money. I don't think you need to put these signs on the right of way. And, Dear God, please don't mail me anything else because mm-hmm. I'm putting it in the garbage with Richard Shelby's that he just yep. mailed me to. Um, yep. He ran both. So he's he's a little more intriguing than my mm-hmm. campaign because I literally And that just... campaign got noticed, which I don't think a lot of people know. So that's oh, yeah. another, that'll be a fun topic of conversation. People outside this county oh, yeah. looking in picked up on that conversation. There were people from other campaigns in other areas of the state reaching out to him to figure out who was running his social media. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that was a which we thing. should get that guy on too because let's, let's be get, honest. Yeah, yeah, we can get we, him too. We can get him. Well, on actually, too. at this point in Nick Smith's life, I think they travel together everywhere. So just yeah, maybe we get him. Which both is kind of his thing. Time. You guys had kind of a bromance. We when did. You first, he always we has did. to have a bro. He's a he's a he's a bro boy. He has yeah. to have. He has which to you know, I wasn't there every day because I was working a full time job. So you know, if I couldn't be there, he would have uh, the fill in bro, one of the officers that we had or something. So yeah. Nick's a Nick's a side. He has a sidekick. So we have more guests, but those are the ones that we're we're pretty confirmed on. Yeah. Um, And we have more people. We have some women. Don't 
I promise you, I'm going to be the standard bearer for that. They're going to they're going to be some women. Uh, we just have to have a few more conversations, and I don't want to yeah, I don't, don't want to out them we, right now. But yeah. uh, we are going to be fair and balanced in all ways on this podcast. Oh, you can't use that term. That's taken. Fair and balanced. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a network using that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think w- the the point for this, we didn't get a dog in the hunt really. Mm-hmm. Part I, I, the only election I've ever had to run was a nonpartisan election, mm-hmm. and I like it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a party guy. Um, I want to tell the story from right. every side there possible. There are stories. And I want to tell the story, which you got to find the one that's not serving anymore, but the guy that maybe used to have a D and switched to an R. Mm-hmm. And maybe he wants to talk about that. Because mm-hmm. it was it was 100% about electability in your area. It wasn't about, like, you changed right. as a human being all of a sudden or how right. you leave. And you get the cliche, everybody who, who did it, you know, and actually Hillary Clinton did this back in the day, and I don't think most people realize it. So the answer that you give is... I didn't leave the party. The, the party, party left, left me. me. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. uh, Clinton was a, a, a Republican back well, and you in got the day. A, well, probably one of the leading... Goldwater girl. That's what it was. One of the leading uh, Democrat presidential candidates right now, Elizabeth Warren. She was mm-hmm. a Republican back in the day. So um, it, it doesn't... But just, there's more to that. And so when we have these conversations... Yeah. Absolutely. So that talking point is taken... Uh, let's actually talk about <laughs> what went on and get taken. and get the story. Um, so. That is taken. So we're going to talk about. I mean, we're always going to parallel to the national and the state scene, but mm-hmm. the conversation is going to be about Walker County. And let's be honest. One reason we're doing this is because no matter what area you're talking about, mm-hmm. no matter what level you're talking about, mm-hmm. partic- but particularly in Walker County, politics is is fun. Like, you are going to get some great stories. Now, Steve Flowers, that's another one, our political columnist, who has a ton of great stories. I've interviewed him before. I'm excited about him because I've not really ever had conversations with him. Mm -hmm. And so, So just, I mean, I'm pretty pumped. It's just going to be fun story after fun story after fun story. It's amazing. So, we've got some good guests, and we're excited, and we hope you guys are excited too. Yep. So, and also, Tommy Tuberville, we're coming for you. Come on, man. You're going to be so close. <laughs> so close. We've get, is this equipment mobile? We can take it to Bevel State Summiton? Because mm-hmm. that's, I'm pretty sure, where we'd have Ooh, to Ooh, he be. could be our first surprise guest. What if we just ambush him? We have microphones set up, and we're if like, we, you, If we sit up on each side of him and just... Yeah. Just, hey, Mr. Trouble, you got anything for the Walker County voters? Mm-hmm. And then what's he going to be like, no, I don't. And then we'll just He'll spend... He'll give us the stump speech. But then we'll spend the next, you know, eight, nine months, like, telling him, you didn't, Walker County didn't care about talking to you, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> exciting, exciting. So, thanks for listening. We hope you've had fun. We've certainly had fun. We have. Um, and we'll see you next week. All right. Yep. Left on Red is a Daily Mountain Eagle production. Copyright 2019, Daily Mountain Eagle, all rights reserved.